Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Payton here with you this morning. And today's episode is brought to you in part by Alma Coffee, sustainably grown, veteran-owned, and direct trade, which of course means from seed to cup, there are no middlemen. Please go check them out at myalmacoffee.com and go visit their roastery cafe at 3448 Holly Springs Parkway in Canton. Ask for Harry or the brains of the outfit, Leticia, and please tell them that Stone sent you. You guys are really going to enjoy this morning's show. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, owner and managing director with Barrington Commercial Capital, LLC, Mr. Ray Johnson. Good morning, sir. Good morning. And how are you this morning? I am doing well. What a delight to have you in the studio and a quick uh, shout out to Anna Teal yes, for uh, making this happen. We we may have to start calling this the Anna Teal show. <laughs> no, she's been fantastic in, in, in connecting us and helping me find people who are bright and passionate and accomplished in their field and oh, are nice. genuinely committed to to serving their ecosystem and the the community at large, and yes. uh, I I just think the world of Anna, and, and I know you do too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. She's been very helpful to me in my business. Oh, I'll bet. Okay, Barrington Commercial Capital, mission, purpose. Uh, what is it you guys are out there trying to do for folks, man? Well, what we are is a non bank commercial lender which means that we service people many times who've gone already to the banks and been denied. Uh, we have mm-hmm. programs for business owners, investors, real estate investors, that is. We also have programs for builders, developers, uh, and uh, as we mentioned, business owners. And we can work with small businesses, startup businesses or large or expanding businesses. So we have products that actually meet all of those needs. Well, it certainly sounds to me like a broad set of opportunities. And I guess I hadn't thought about the entire landscape. When right. I, when I saw this moniker commercial capital, I guess where, where my thinking went to was a company that was getting ready to expand. Uh, and then they would, they would come to, to you, but it's a, uh, there are clearly many more constituencies that you can serve. Did, did that kind of unfold as, as your business unfolded, or did you know that going in? I had an idea of what we were going to be offering when we started. So uh, when we started, I actually thought I'd be doing more business loans, but I ended up doing a lot more real estate. So, huh. um, but, but the products that we offer – are very much products that are needed in the business community. No matter where you are in the spectrum of your cycle of life as a business owner, we can assist. We do SBA loans. We do accounts receivable. We do equipment. We do working capital. And all of those things are relative to a business, no matter where we are. We can even help people buy a business, if that's what you're doing, or a franchise. Uh, So – 
What's the backstory, man? Did you did when everybody else was playing Cowboys and Indians, you were going to be a commercial capital guy, <laughs> or, or did you sort of meander uh, your uh, way to this, like so many of us? You know, <laughs> sometimes uh, life finds you rather than you finding what it is that you want to do in life. I my background is finance and accounting, so I started my career with Deloitte. As a staff auditor is what I started out as. Nice little firm. I've heard of them. Yes, they are a pretty, <laughs> pretty large, nice little firm. Yeah. But they are a, a national accounting firm. And one of the things that that did for me was expose me to all the ways that people make money in business. So, uh, and, and growing from there, my next career was with a bank. Uh, and then from there, I started consulting with businesses large and small on various ways of obtaining financing. Uh, and my career, mm-hmm. even when I left some of the positions that I did that really focused on that, I continued to do that for people. Uh, and about 10 years ago, I was still in corporate America assisting larger organizations doing some uh, capital, not capital acquisition, but we were assisting them with finance and accounting type roles. This is what we were doing. But I was ready to leave corporate America. And as I was ready to leave, I, I thought about what I wanted to do for the rest of my career, if you will. And helping people obtain financing was what I leaned into and yeah. developed as a business opportunity for myself. So it sounds like a noble pursuit. I'm trying to envision um you coming home to a significant other or telling Absolutely. mom or someone. So I've got this good job. It's paying well. I'm good at it. Um, and I'm, and I'm doing good work. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> I'm going to go do that. <laughs> what, what, that what was that, that was, like? That was, uh, that was a different conversation with my <laughs> wife because you're right. We had, uh, become quite accustomed to the, uh, corporate paycheck, if you will. Sure. And also, uh, the corporate perks. Uh, but I also had some, uh, reservations about continuing in that because there was a certain amount of frustration that I was experiencing with the people I work with and also the types of things that I was doing. And I had some business development responsibilities. And part of my reason for exploring what it is that became Barrington was I, I wanted the rewards of what it is that I was doing to pay me accordingly. Uh, the best way I could say that. <laughs> Clearly, it's worked out. Absolutely. And uh, so, w- what are you finding the most rewarding, man? W- what are you enjoying the most uh, about, about my doing this work? The, the 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 thing I enjoy the most is every day is different. Uh, I mean, literally, every day is different because my product mix is what it is. We're able to talk to a construction company today that might be trying to acquire a different construction company for expansion, mm-hmm. uh, a battery plus franchise that's trying to get started the next day or a company, uh, and, and all of these are real situations. Uh, a company today might be a company that's building cell towers that needs working capital assistance. And we can arrange for them because they've run up against, mm-hmm working with their bank and the bank is saying they can't advance them any more money, we can figure out how to get them more money and continue the growth cycle that they've already exhibited their own. Uh, 
So those are some of the things that we can do. And, and th- those are three examples of businesses. And then another day I might be talking to a real estate investor who's buying single family homes for rental portfolio. Uh-huh. Or another one might be a builder who's mm-hmm. building single family homes on, in a subdivision and because he owns several lots in that subdivision. We may help get him the funding for that. Another might be a developer who's going to create a subdivision. <laughs> So, uh, and all of those scenarios are different, uh, and and they're some of the things that we focus on or 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 deal with in our business. We also can do strip centers, shopping centers, mobile home parks, office buildings. You just name it that uh, that are income producing properties. We have a home for. So it strikes me that that this is a distinctly different uh, product, if that's the right word, and process than the traditional. Bank route. Is that accurate? That is very accurate. Uh, some of the information is the same. However, the evaluation process is not always the same. Mm-hmm. Where in a bank process, the bank focuses on what they call a holistic view of you and the project, which means that the evaluation actually takes into consideration your income and your ability to pay whatever you're borrowing in addition to what the project is. Mm. On my for real estate, that is on my side, we focus on what the project income is, and we 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 have we have a little bit of emphasis on who the individual is that's trying to make that project happen. If the individual basically has a decent credit score, their down payment, uh, uh, and a little bit of experience, and sometimes that's not even necessary, we probably have a home for that financing of that project, no matter where it is. Okay, um, purely hypothetically, he says in jest, <laughs> let's say you've got a guy, makes comfortable living, 800 plus credit score. Everything he knows about real estate investing, you could stick in your eye and still see out. So no experience in that regard, but has um, identified a few opportunities. Is there a place for that guy to work with you? Or Yes, absolutely. Okay. That, that would be a first timer uh, from a person who's literally deciding, okay, I want to buy some investment properties. Yeah. We can do that for him. We can help him. It, it, depending on what it is, we can help him if he's trying to buy it and it and it's already in condition for somebody to move in. Right. That's a permanent financing opportunity. Or if it needs to be fixed up and, and maybe even held or flipped. Either way, uh, we can do that project also. For Got it. And then the same, you mentioned a, an example of uh, someone growing their franchise or deciding to franchise, I think, earlier in, in the conversation. Again, guys, if you ever want to just get tons of free consulting, get yourself a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> so so that, 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 that same hypothetical guy, sure. good, profitable business, nice lifestyle, got, got some satellite operations and all. But uh, has some some ideas on uh, kind of turbocharging the expansion. Mm-hmm. Wants to wants to fund that. You're you're someone that he ought to at least have a conversation with. Absolutely, right? we uh, we may have some ideas on how to structure that. We certainly have some partners that we work with that help people create franchises. That's one. Right. But also people who might. Let's say you bought one franchise, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what the type is. It could be a sandwich shop, a 
dance studio, whatever. Mm -hmm. But you now see opportunities to grow that franchise, which means multiple locations. We can help you achieve that also. So we, we are able to work with people where they are and help them get to where they're trying to go. All right. So let's, let's walk through. I'm going to use the word engagement because I grew up in the training consulting world. And that may not be the right word, but let's, let's walk through the relationship. Like what are some of the things that uh, happen early on? You know, like, like that hypothetical guy reaches out and you have a cup of coffee or meeting your office. Right. Can, can, kind of, can you paint kind of the early uh, stages of, of things sure. that get done? Yeah. Well, the, when, Let's let's go with the real estate example. Okay. Let's start there. Yeah. The uh, gentleman decides that he wants to be in that business, uh, and he calls me. I would tell him what it is that we can do for him. We would talk about the permanent financing. We would talk about the fix and flip type of opportunities or fix and hold type of opportunities and what those products are and how we <clears throat> access them. Then we talk about what's necessary to actually get the process started. Typically, when uh, for us to start moving on the commercial side, you need to have the contract for the uh, purchase, right? Okay. So he has to do some homework in identifying the opportunities he wants to pursue. And once he finds one, then engage by actually putting that property on the contract. Once he puts it on the contract, now we can go to work. We would talk to him about one, the purchase price, uh, engage him to start getting documents to move through the process. The appraisal would be ordered. The appraisal would include, if, if, especially if it's a property that's ready to move in, it would include market rents for that property uh, and also whether or not it's occupied or not occupied uh, at the time of purchase. Uh, and then we would, we would deal with things like your uh, real estate taxes, insurance, HOA, whether or not those uh, are applicable and the net income out of that property income, less all the expenses will dictate really what his borrowing capacity is for that property. Ah. In addition to what the appraisal says, because he has a contract price. And in today's market, many times the contract price is greater than the appraised value of that property. Uh -huh. That, that many times will increase what he has to bring to the table to close the deal. But it's possible that, under normal circumstances, if the appraisal value and the uh, uh, contract price are the same, we already know what his down payment capacity is going to be and also uh, what he would have to do in order to close that deal. It sounds to me like, and, and particularly for the first time or someone who hasn't done it very much, that, that, that these activities are really serve as a great um, check system, right? And so if these things don't add up like they want to, doesn't make anybody a bad person in it, but okay, you got to go find a different deal. This is right, absolutely, and absolutely. I'm sure that happens well, yeah? many times. I just had one cancel uh, a week ago Friday because of the same things. I mean, he he had a contract uh, and he had agreed to pay uh, substantially more thirty thousand more than the uh, appraised price, mm -hmm. but the. In his contract, he also asked the seller to do a couple of things in the property before he would buy it. Well, the seller agreed to it and then was resistant to it as they got closer to the uh, to the close, actually. So we, we took him through the process. We got the appraisal. We got all of his documents that would lead to him having a close. But because that client, that seller, was resistant to some of the things that he needed to have done, 
uh, I suggested that he cancel the deal. So he did. And, uh, Everything was working. He was prepared in terms of what his down payment money was going to be and all of those things. You but could have written this business if you don't want oh, yeah. to. Oh, yeah. He was ready to go. Yeah. But uh, because, one, when you're starting out, there are some problems you don't need. For instance, as a as a new real estate investor, mm-hmm. when something needs to be done to the house, if you don't already have in your network those people who can perform those services, yeah. now you got to start looking for that if you get that house, right? Well, I thought that his better position would be that the house is just ready for him to be occupied. As he grows in the real estate, he's going to have those resources. Sure. But the first time out, he might not know anybody who could do some of those things. And one of them was related to plumbing that the seller needed to take care of. And they just, they just weren't doing it. I said, well, that to me is grounds for you to cancel the contract. And I think uh, you ought to. Uh, so he, he ended up doing that. So, so is that common may not be, might be not be the right word, but does that happen um, often where someone does one kind of small thing, you know, uh, again, back to this hypothetical guy who wants to get a duplex and, and market it to people who like uh, doing the uh, off-road bicycle stuff because right. I think this is okay. So that's that's this hypothetical person's idea, <laughs> right? And going in with his brother to do it. That's right. That's uh, so, but is that is that does that happen a lot where you know somebody does that and and you know they don't get filthy rich off of it, but they have a positive experience. They learn stuff, and then they go come back and say, "Okay, Ray, I'm for I'm ready for another." One. Absolutely, it happens more. Yeah. We have uh, multiple repeat customers who use yeah. us for all of their financing needs. Our process is just so much simpler than going through a mortgage lender or I'll a bet. bank because of uh, how they 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 qualify deals. If you're buying right. investment property through a bank. They qualify that deal based on your personal income. Right. When we finance it, it's based off the income off the property. And so yeah. we don't care about what your debt to income ratios are, what your uh, uh, personal income is. We, we can do some deals, uh, not all, but many of them we can do without even reaching for your personal tax returns. We don't. That's not. You're, a, you're looking at the deal. Right. You're looking at the, at the, the, deal. the business. Of That's it. right. And, and whether or not it cash flows, if it cash flows and support the amount of money that we're actually obtaining for that contract, right. that deal flies. And I have multiple lenders who can close those deals and, and they'll do them all day long. It's just, again, it's predicated on the value and the income that's out of the property more so than your personal income. And most people are thinking the opposite when they speak to me. So they're, right. they're thinking, Oh, I, how much money do I have? And what's my debt to income ratios? And that will qualify me. Well, it'll qualify you for a uh, government program, right? Which is a, one way of financing. But what we find with some of the government programs, even if you go that route is there are caps on how many properties you can own. Ah, so. That, that's a caveat sometimes that that's that some people run up against. So if you get comfortable in the space and you start wanting to buy more and more properties, if you go in the government programs, you're only going to be allowed to own up to 10 properties. Uh-huh. And then you have to have a different way of financing them. It doesn't say you can't own more, but it says the government isn't going to allow you to use their program to get more. Well, we can do hundreds of properties uh, for one individual and never have a problem with running up against uh, you've capped out. We don't have that problem. Now, do you find that there are some um, misconceptions that consistently pop up? 
people think about this whole business and your uh, corner of the sandbox differently than is really the truth. That it happens in a lot of businesses. That I yes, talk it to. does. Yeah. Yes, it does. We see we see that people sometimes don't understand the economics of of the transactions, mm-hmm. and what I mean is. They have in their mind what a deal is, and, and a deal in in their mind might be a house that may be valued at two or three hundred thousand dollars. They can get it for two eighty, and in their mind that might be a deal. Right. Now, if that house is ready to be occupied and they're going to maintain it for a long time, yada yada yada, and they can see that there's going to cash flow, it might be a decent deal for permanent financing. But if the objective is to buy it and fix it. Uh, but the value is 280, but when you fix it, it's going to be 300. It's going to cost you more money to get to the 300 than it, than you'll make. And you really won't make any money off of that deal. So more investors are looking for the bigger spread and many of the lenders, the way that they finance those types of deals actually create a spread that's at least 35% for those borrowers. And, and if you try to force it, then you're going to have to cough up more money and you're also impacting your profitability on that transaction a lot more. And that's what we see a lot of. Now, did you have the benefit of one or more mentors as you were growing in this business? And um, I'll ask two questions. Um, And have you uh, found the opportunity or take advantage of the opportunity to begin to mentor anyone else in this arena? The answer is yes to both of those. Huh. Uh, when uh, first of all, when when I started to get started in not not just my business but in the finance field, um, mentors are always needed. You know, because somebody, some there's always somebody who knows more than you do. I mean, there's, <laughs> it's certainly been uh, my experience, <laughs> and there's always somebody who can teach you the ropes, but also show you where the pitfalls are and help guide your career a little bit. So if you don't have mentors, you always need them. So, and I continue to have people that I call that I can talk over deals and make sure that we're doing what it's right for the customer, if you will. Uh, and yes, I, I consider my, myself a person who doesn't mind sharing what he knows. So I'm not afraid to help people understand or get into my business, uh, the type of business that I have. Because, and, and in fact, before we sat down, I got a call. The call I got, well, you told me to take it, mm-hmm. was a gentleman calling me to understand how my business got started and how because I think he's getting ready to make an investment in this type of business uh-huh. and he needs someone to bounce those ideas off of him and just understand what it is he's getting into and how he can make it successful. So I got to call him back as soon as we're finished with that <laughs> show. So I don't mind sharing that information and also trying to help people just understand what it takes to become successful within your business. Now that happens in every business, but in particular in the type that we're in because competition is everywhere. And uh, there are certain things that you can do that begin to help you stand out a little bit from your competition. Some people are willing to do that. Others are not. So, so how I, and I asked this question in almost every interview because I, I grew up in the training and consulting world, but I kind of gravitated to the sales and marketing side mm-hmm. of, of, of that work. Uh, so I'm always interested. How does the whole sales and marketing thing work for a business like 
like yours? Is it inbound or do you still get out there and shake the trees a little bit? Or how do you get the new business? It's a combination. Uh, you know, Ms. Anna Teal is it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Great, and Anna's the answer. <laughs> uh, well, she's a good answer for a lot of things. She's my social media person. Okay. And uh, Anna helps me design campaigns, uh, marketing campaigns, and so on. But also, it's very important for people to know who you are. So yeah. I do a lot of networking and face-to-face networking. I'm a, a member of a group called Power Core. I feel like I've heard of Power Core. It's a very similar group to BNI. Okay. I think most people have heard of BNI. I've, heard of, I've definitely heard of that. Yeah. It's a very similar type of group. Uh, it's a closed networking group, and uh, but I've I've – I've learned a lot just being a member of that group because I'm in there. Those people who are also part of the group become quote unquote, your sales team in some ways, because they're also, as you educate them about your business, they're educating others or learning to see opportunities as they meet people out in the world. And everybody who's typically in them are out there trying to do the same thing improve their business or increase their sales in their business. So we do a lot of things where we are networking and, and, and being in front of people and trying to help them understand what it is that we do and how we can assist them. Your business strikes me as um, having a, a parallel with the training and consulting world in that, and, and correct me if, if this is inaccurate, but I, I sense that there's a um, quite a bit of education yes. and in, informing people um, that, that is probably the most important part of the whole uh, sales process of, of actually writing the business. You, you've got to work with an educated client before you can really serve them effectively. Is, is that true? Well, that's very true in many respects for specific products, right? Okay. Uh, when people, as an example, when many businesses – reach a point where they know they need financing, they don't always know the type of financing they need. So they'll say, I need a loan. That loan could be, I need to hire somebody, I need a piece of equipment, I need uh, to expand my uh, marketing. Uh, All of those are specific needs. And when that person says, I have that need for money, they've also in their mind determined the number that they need and also how they think they want to finance it. So right. they may walk into an institution and say, I want to borrow $50,000 or a hundred thousand dollars. And here's how I'm going to use it. Right. The opposite of that is we have people say, I want to borrow some money, but they have no clue about what it is they want. So the person who has at least those things accomplished many times doesn't understand what's causing their problems with their company. Uh, mm-hmm. Even the guy who says, hey, look, I need I need working capital for my business. I'm not able to pay my payroll. I'm not able to pay my marketing and so on. Uh, many times they don't understand the specific products that are there designed to impact their business in a way that makes for positive outcomes. More times than not, people go to a bank, for instance, and they say, I want a line of credit. They have good intentions with that, but what happens in a banking relationship is that that line of credit becomes permanently used. So the yeah. bank actually now wants you to get out of that relationship and make it a permanent loan so that you can pay it down. Uh, the other thing is if you're a growing company, when you, you reach a saturation point with a line of credit, 
depending on where they, they cap you. So it doesn't matter what the number, if it's 30,000 or 30 million, if you're a growing company and you reach that, that limit on what it is they've allowed, it's very difficult for you as a business owner to ask them to increase it, even uh, though your needs are showing that you have that need. I have yeah. companies that are continuing to grow, which means that their need for cash continues to escalate. But the bank has cut them off because they've reached the max in their line of credit. So you can't get any more from the bank, but yet your company is continuing to plow through cash, if you will. And that actually is what creates a lot of problems in a lot of companies. And we have a way of overcoming that in many ways. So we can help, uh, first of all, educate them on what it is that's, that's happening and also steer them to the right product that allows them to actually utilize that product in a way that helps their business continue to grow. Uh, in just a moment before we wrap, I want to make sure that our listeners know how to get in touch with you sure. and have a conversation with you or someone on your team to, to talk about some of these uh, topics. But before we uh, go there, are there some things that people who are interested in these topics and are kind of getting ready to talk to you, are there some things that they can do, some uh Questions they can answer for themselves, some reading they can do, some research, some ducks they can get in a row that would help them prepare and get the most out of those initial conversations with you. Are there some things they ought to be noodling on and be thinking about, looking at their books, that kind of thing? Anything we can offer in that regard? Well, I mean, the the primary one you just mentioned is look at your books. Uh, Understanding what your financial statements are saying to you and also where your issues are in your business. Uh, and what cycles are impacting your ability to obtain financing or or if you have financing, how it's not meeting your needs. Understanding those things is very critical. Understanding what your business cycle is is also, I think, a critical element. Some people uh, think because they're busy that – you know, they're making money and they're not, right? <laughs> so I resemble uh, that remark. I, well, <laughs> I have at times. <laughs> it's a critical element. And sometimes <laughs> we, uh, we see that and we, and we try to assist them in understanding what the information is already talking to them about and how to actually get through those cycles and also those problems that they have as it relates to where financing might impact them in a positive way. So uh, understanding your financials is extremely critical and then understanding how, you know, how is, how is the request impacting yourself, but also your customers? Many times you don't understand that. All right. So maybe do a little homework, at least be prepared to answer some of those questions because that way, even that initial conversation could be that much more productive. Absolutely. That that faster. All right. We were able to help. I know we we're going to ask a lot of questions, but all those questions are designed to understand what the request is and also understand more about what your business does, how you do it, how people pay you, how people how you collect on those people that are paying you. Uh, uh, and, and what your product and service is, the time it takes to do that, and your mm-hmm. cost involved in actually producing that. All of those things are critical. And many times it's those things that actually lead to the opportunity to get financing. Well, I'm glad I asked. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's do that. Let's leave our listeners with some points of contact, whatever you feel like is appropriate, LinkedIn, email, whatever's appropriate, sure. so they can reach out and have a conversation uh, with you, man. Sure. Barrington Commercial Capital is listed on the website, www.barringtoncommercialcapital.com. My uh, office number is 404-602-9100. 
Uh, email address is rjohnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N, at bccfirm.com. Well, Ray, thank you so much for coming in and visiting with us this morning, man. This has been very informative, and now you got me kind of pumped up about uh, about some of my personal pursuits as well. Well, that's outstanding. <laughs> uh, thank you for inviting me. I had a great time and look forward to the next time. Well, it's my pleasure. All right, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Ray Johnson with Barrington Commercial Capital, LLC, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Cherokee Business Radio.